So you wait to open up your uh, scriptures to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. If you would read along with me. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, to the the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, God, I thank you. I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your beautiful creation, Lord. I thank you for the good weather. I uh, thank you for the church or the body here at Country Oaks and the songs that we sang this morning, the truth that are in those songs, Lord. Um, just a great reminder of your grace on us. God, I pray that we focus on that grace in this time. There's so many frustrations and struggles right now, Lord. We make our way through uh, the, the day, Lord, the weeks to come, Lord. I pray that we focus on your grace and what your Son has done for us on the cross, Lord. Be with us this morning. I pray for our church, Lord. I pray that you protect our church from division, Lord, that we'd be unified in our love of you, in our obedience of you, Lord, um, in our identity in you, Lord, in the fact that we are brothers and sisters in the same family, Lord, adopted into your family. God, I pray that we are unified as a church, that we love you. I pray that you're with us in your son's name. Amen. I want to start um, this morning again uh, just apologizing, actually. Um, the elders and the pastoral team, we haven't communicated super well these last two weeks um, about singing and the state coming in and saying that we, we can't sing. Uh, it's mostly my fault. I actually was gone on vacation uh, two weeks ago, and that kind of just threw everything into a loop and communicating. And uh, d- two weeks ago, uh, the state changed its guidelines without announcing it, um, saying that uh, churches must not sing in their guidelines. And we decided, because we found out just a couple days before we were supposed to have church and everything was planned, um, that we would sing that Sunday and that we'd look into it and pray about it and figure out what we would want to do as a church and how to address this. The very next week, the elders got together, made a statement about singing what we believe, what we were going to do, and the state changed their guidelines again. Um, That just before we were able to send that email out to the congregation, um, it was outdated. (laughs) It, It didn't make sense with the new guidelines that came out that week. Uh, and I just want you to think about that. I mean, before we, we, we had a chance, we, we came out with a statement. Within a couple of days, before we could finish it and email it out, it was outdated how frustrating that is. Um, as of today, I just want to be clear. Uh, according to the state guidelines, singing is allowed as long as it's outside. I would pray... Um, uh, ask you guys for prayer, because we believe as an elder board, the state is acting unconstitutionally and really unreasonably. There's three churches right now suing the state. We pray that our religious freedoms are upheld. 
But I want to be clear, and I think we've been pretty consistent on this as an elder board. I'm going to say the same thing that I feel like we've been saying um, since the start of this. Uh, this is what the elder board has decided moving forward, that we will obey God. We will obey God. And if there is a way to obey God while still being submissive to the state, we're going to do the best we can to do that. Even if it means singing outside before the sermon, which, again, thank you guys for being willing to um, do that. Uh, I also want to be clear, if the government tells us we can't do something or we have to do something that God has commanded us to do or not to do, like sing, say we can't sing when God has commanded us to sing, we're going to disobey the government. We'll do it quietly, we'll do it respectfully, we'll do it prayerfully, and hopefully without rebellious hearts, hopefully out of heart of wanting just to be obedient to God. But if we're forced to make a choice, which we may be, uh, to obey God or to obey man, because God is our highest authority, we will obey God. And by the way, I just want to say that we are planning on having communion next week. It's been long enough. We're going to have communion as a church um, and celebrate what Christ has done for us on the cross. So with that said, I, I, and I hope that message has been clear, we want to be obedient to the state, and we've been trying to be submissive as, as we can. And we'll continue as we're going to be talking about submission this morning, actually, and it's by God's providence. I didn't craft this sermon for today. It was the passage we're on. Um, we want to be submissive but more than that we want to be submissive to God and obedient to God and so uh, with that all said if you would look at Ephesians 5.15 with me verse 15 again it says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best of the time because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is the battery, but be filled with the Spirit. And Paul gives us four ways of being filled with the Spirit. Zach talked about this last week. First, verse 19, addressing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I think Zach did a great job at explaining this, that we are not only singing to God, but when we sing, we're singing to each other, reminding each other, each other the truths that are in those songs. And second, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, Spirit-filled Christians sing to God heart-filled songs. Third, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit-filled Christians walk in thankfulness to God. And fourth, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Spirit-filled Christians are submissive submissive. And Paul goes on for the next 20 verses after this verse, teaching on submission. Ephesians 5, 21 through 6, verse 9, is all about submission. Wives submitting to their husbands, children submitting to their parents, bond servants or slaves submitting to their masters. 21 verses on submission. Therefore, Paul is making it clear that spirit-filled Christians are submissive. Are submissive. And he starts this topic in verse 21. Verse 21 says this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
that word submitting, since I knew that this next passage was going to be about submission, I, I did a word study. It's hupateso in, in Greek. It's a passive participle, submitting to one another. It means to obey, to submit, obedience, submission. It actually was a military term of ranking officials, uh, uh, submitting to the rank higher than you. It literally means to submit to the orders or directives of someone in authority. So I did a word study and found out this word is used 38 times in the New Testament. And so I just kind of went through all the times and, and looked at them and read them and studied them and, and what this word meant. What does it mean to be submissive? And I came up with five truths about biblical submission. Five truths about biblical submission. So we're going to go through these five truths real quickly. The first truth is this. Submission is commanded. Submission is commanded. Wives are commanded to submit to their own husbands. Ephesians 5.22 says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Children are called, are commanded to be submissive to their parents. Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents as, uh, parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Colossians 3.20 says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing, pleases the Lord. Bond servants are commanded to be submissive to their masters. Titus 2.9 says this, bond servants are to be submissive, same word as Ephesians, submissive to their own masters and everything. And Ephesians 6.5 says, bond servants obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. The local church, the church body, is commanded to be submissive to its leadership. 1 Peter 5.5 says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject. That word subject is the same word as submissive in the Greek. Same one as in Ephesians. Be submissive to, your, to the elders. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit. Same word, submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Christians are called to be submissive to the government. We spent... Uh, a few Sundays in a row uh, looking into this. Romans 13.1, of course, let everyone be subject. Same word. Like, be submissive to the governing authorities. 1 Peter 2.13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Titus 3.1, remind them pastor, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. And of course, over all of this, we are commanded to be submissive to God. James 4, 7, submit, same word, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We are called to be submissive to God. In fact, part of salvation is recognizing Jesus' authority over everything and submitting our lives to him and his authority. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, a servant, 
The word there, servant, is doulos in the Greek. Paul, a doulos, a servant of Christ Jesus. Doulos in the Greek, it means pertaining to a state of being completely controlled by something or someone. Doulos literally means a slave. A good translation would just be Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.1 says this, Paul and Timothy, servants, douloses, slaves of Christ Jesus. Colossians 4.12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant. Again, that's doulos, a slave of Christ Jesus. James 1.1, James, a servant, a doulos of, of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant, a doulos, of, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And Jude 1.1, 1, 1, Jude, a servant, a slave, a doulos of Jesus Christ, and the brother of James. The apostles saw themselves as slaves to Christ, completely under the authority and control of Jesus. This is our command, too. 1 Peter 2. 16 says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants, as doulos, as slaves of God. In our freedom, we are called to be slaves of God, to live under the control of God. We were, before salvation, slaves to sin. We are now slaves to God, called to submit in everything to God. Submission is a fundamental attitude of a mature Christian. First and foremost to God, and then to any earthly authorities established by God. So the first truth I learned as I studied this word is submission is a command. It's commanded by God. The second thing I learned, second truth I learned about this word is submission shows a desire to obey Christ. Submission shows a desire to obey Christ. Verse 21 says this, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Reverence for Christ. That word reverence is phobos in Greek. That's where we get phobia from, or fear. Could be translated, submitting to one another out of fear of Christ. We obey earthly authorities, not out of fear of that authority but out of reverence, out of fear of Christ. In other words, I submit out of my love and respect for Christ. And this is pretty consistent throughout scriptures. Another example is 1 Peter 2.13, be subject, same word, submission, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. In other words, for the Lord's sake, for, for fear of Christ, for our love of Christ, we obey the government. Colossians 3.18, wives, submit to your own, or to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Because of your love of Christ, wives, submit to your husbands. Submission shows a love of Christ, a desire to obey Christ. But this leads us to our third truth. Submission not only is, is a, a sign of a desire to obey Christ, but submission is Christ-like. Third truth is submission is Christ-like. Listen, our culture despises authority. Whether it's police, we keep hearing the phrase to fund the police. Whether it's the government, parental authority, 
a husband's authority in marriage, this is seen as offensive in our culture. Our culture sees authority as evil, yet we see the opposite in the nature of God. In the Trinity, we see a beautiful picture of authority and submission lived out in perfect joy and love. The Father has ultimate authority. Jesus is king of kings, but it's the Father who had the authority to give him or make him the king of kings. And the Son, Jesus, is submissive. I just want you to listen to some of the passages in Scripture. There's just two, two in John. The first one is John 8, 28. It says this, So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Or John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven to do my own will, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And of course, think about Gethsemane. In that moment, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He pleaded, If there is any other way, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's so important. Submission, or submitting, only when you agree is not submission. Submitting only when you agree with those in authority is not submission. Submission gets real when you submit even when you disagree. Or when you're asked to do something you don't want to do and you submit. And Jesus modeled this submission. In fact, turn with me to Luke 2, 48. Luke 2, 48. Verse 48 in chapter 2 says this, And when his parents, this is Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, when his parents saw him, that's Jesus, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, Why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Think about that for a second. Mary, who is a sinful human, is questioning the God of the universe. Why have you treated us so? Jesus' response, verse 49, And he, that Jesus, said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. In other words, his parents didn't get it. They didn't understand. Right? They misunderstood. They were, they were ignorant. They were acting irrationally. It was rational for Jesus to be in his father's house teaching in that moment. But look at verse 51. And he, that's Jesus, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Guess what word is used here? Same word that's in Ephesians 5.21. The same word that's in Ephesians 5.22 
Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. God, the Son, creator of everything, who holds the universe together by the the power of his word, all-knowing, all-powerful, in his humanity was submissive to his fallible, sinful, imperfect, not-being-rational human parents. True submission is Christ-like. Which leads me to the fourth truth I learned about submission. Submission shows a trust in the sovereignty of God. Submission shows a trust in the sovereignty of God. Turn to Romans 13.1. Quick. Romans 13.1. It says this. Let every person be subject. Same word, submission. Be submissive, it could be translated. Same word as in Ephesians. Let every, every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. In other words, God is the highest authority. Right? There's no higher authority. God is completely sovereign over all authorities. Verse, or chapter 13, verse 1, again. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Right, Paul's point is clear. Those in authority have been put there by God. The logical ramification is simple. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. And I just want to be clear, too, this was written during the time of Nero. Right, the Roman Empire. 19th century Scottish evangelist Robert Haldane wrote, The people of God then ought to consider resistance to the government under which they live a very awful crime, even as resistance to God himself. Again, this is why we're singing outside this morning. I want to be clear. I'm convinced, or I think, I hope this is not the case. But it just looks like we're heading this direction. That civil disobedience at some point is going to be necessary. But we shouldn't enter into it lightly. Listen to verse 2 again. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. As elders, as a pastoral team, we don't want to lead our congregation into civil disobedience. We don't have to. If we don't have to, we're not going to do it. And we shouldn't do it lightly. This leads to our fifth truth that I learned about submission, and this is probably the, the truth we need to hear the most right now as a church. Submission should be mutual. Submission should be mutual. Turn back to Ephesians 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, verse 21. 
It says this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does it mean to submitting to one another? For sure, and I want to be clear on this, it means to, to be submitting to those in authority, especially within the church. And Paul's going to make that clear in the next 20 verses. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, submit to parents. Bond servants to masters. But again, look at verse 21. It says this, submitting to one another. Verse 21 is a one another. It's how we treat one another within the church. We are called to be mutually submissive to each other. One pastor put it this way, the filling and control of the Holy Spirit will lead us to a spirit of humility, to the spirit that gives us the desire to seek the welfare of others before our own and to be mutually submissive. Honer says in his commentary on Ephesians, in this text, a result of believers filled by the Spirit is submission to one another in the body of believers. Unbelievers tend to take great pride in their individualism and uh, independence, which leads to selfishness. However, believers are to act differently. Jesus instructed the disciples that, that the world would know that they were his disciples if they loved one another. Also, in the context, Paul um, instructs believers to love one another with brotherly love and to prefer one another by showing honor and humility to count the other better than himself. That's what submitting to one another means. It's a willingness, it's a humble spirit to humbly submit to each other's preferences each other's convictions to put others preferences or others opinions before our own that's what submitting to one another means and it's desperately needed right now the devil is on attack he is attacking the church he is trying to divide us I've just never seen so many divisive issues than what we face right now as a church. Church at large and Country Oaks. I mean, just think about what's being said right now. God has commanded us to sing, so we need to sing. God has commanded us to submit to the government, so we need to obey. This is all political. It's all, it's all made up. No, this is all medical. It's a, it's a dangerous virus. You need to wear a mask. You, you don't need to wear a mask. I've never seen a time in the church with so many divisive issues, so many dividing opinions within the church. Listen, the devil is trying to divide us, and we need to have patience and grace with each other. We need to prefer each other. We need to prefer our brothers right now. We need to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In fact, turn with me to Galatians 5.13. This is a favorite verse here at Country Oaks. Galatians 5.13. We should love this first part, especially as Americans, right? For you are called to freedom, brothers. (laughs) 
don't know how many times I've been hearing, they're taking away our freedoms. Americans, we're called to freedom. We'll look at the second part. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. You want to know how to use your freedom? Serve one another. Guess what words used there for serve? Doulos. It's the word slave put into a, a verbal form. Be slaves to one another. That's how you're supposed to use your freedom. Submitting to one another. Look at verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. If we, country oaks, right, if we are going to be a witness to, to anyone, we can't bite and devour one another. Jesus said they will know us by our love, and love prefers the brother over themselves. We've gone over Ephesians 4.1 enough. It says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Well, how is that? How, is, how, is, how are we called to walk worthy of the calling with which we've been called? With all humility. Being humble. Being gentle. Gentleness. With patience. Patience with one another, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the, the, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We're going to have to fight for unity as a church. We're going to have to prefer each other, walk in humility, not thinking we know all the answers, and gentleness, being gentle with one another, patience with one another, bearing with one another in love, even if we disagree. And if we divide over mask, the devil has won a victory. Listen, we all know the devil's not going to win the war, but he can win some small victories. Our unity is being tested. And listen, the test is not going to stop anytime soon. Five truths I've learned about biblical submission. Submission is commanded. Submission shows a desire to be, to be obedient to Christ. Submission is Christ-like. Submission shows a trust in the sovereignty of God who put those in authority in, in place. Submission should be mutual. I just want to end with this, and I'm thankful for this body. I think you guys have been doing this. I continue to ask for your patience and grace on us as leaders and each other. And this is hard. It's been hard. <laughs> and I, I'll be the first to make, we're going to make mistakes as leaders, and I'm going to make mistakes as pastors. I just ask for your grace. I never thought I'd be debating civil disobedience within the first two years of being a teaching pastor here at Country Oaks. And this is where we're at. You might disagree with us as an elder board, and that's okay. I'm just asking for you to be gracious and patient 
And please continue to pray for us as a church and a church body. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for Country Oaks. I thank you for this church body. For how hard this is, Lord, I wouldn't want to be in any other church. thankful, Lord. I pray that we are a witness, Lord, that we strive for unity. We strive to, to, to not always having to voice our opinions, especially if we know that it's going to make someone else upset, Lord. That we're patient with each other, that we speak truth. We do it gently and lovingly. God, help us to figure that out as a church body, Lord. Help us to not bite and devour one another, Lord, as I know it's, there's going to be more and more divisive issues that come in these next few months, Lord. Help show the leadership, Lord, the way to go that would glorify you most, that we can be obedient, Lord. God, be with us as a church. I pray that we are a witness, Lord. As the culture, as I've been saying, as the culture falls apart, as the hostility grows, which it's going to within the culture, as people are frustrated, I pray they look at the church and see how we love each other, how we're joy-filled, how we prefer each other over our own, and that that's attractive, Lord. Continue to pray that, God. Be with us in your Son's name.